But we live in a time when faith, say that word faith. Faith has dwindled. It's almost disappeared. People no longer have faith in anything. And I thought on that this morning. And I want to say to you that are here, take hope, my friend. Take some hope. While things get worse, I want to say this. God always works in the worst of times. God always answers in difficult situations. When years ago, back in the days of Martin Luther King Jr. and, and some of the other greats of that day, there was a problem. And God started to move. You said, no, that was a man movement. It was a man movement. No, it wasn't. It was a God movement. So anytime there's a problem and it seems dark, God's going to step in. How many of you have a situation you need God to step into right now? So I say take hope, and I want to take you to Romans 8, chapter, the 28th verse, in the New International Version. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. How many of you feel like you might have been called according to his purpose? Well, if that's true, then all things are going to work together for the good of them who are called according to his purpose. Next verse says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined. What do you say? He had you in his mind from the beginning. You're not an afterthought. You're a forethought. You're not a mistake. You're a stake that God has made in place. He staked his very, Jesus staked his very life on you. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Where are we supposed to be? Help me with this verse. We're supposed to be conformed into the image of his son. We should be like Jesus. We should act like Jesus. We should talk like Jesus. We should forgive like Jesus. We should be merciful like Jesus. We cannot be called Christians until we are conformed into his image and his likeness. That's what the Bible says. And he predestines to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He was going to be our elder brother. And those he predestined, talking about you, so he's talking to me. And those he predestined, he also called. He called you. Those he called, he also justified. You didn't justify yourself. He justified you. And those he justified, he also glorified. The Apostle Paul laid it out. What do we say to this then? If God, let me say it again. If God is for us, who can be against us? And I paraphrased that years ago, and I said, if God be God, if God be for us, who in hell can be against us? Because let me tell you, hell will come after you. And some of you have felt the hellish situations lately. I mean, it's been tough just going to work. You don't have that vim and vigor anymore. You don't have that high step anymore. You better shuffle in and shuffle out. But I've got good news for you. If God. Say that with me. If God, if God is the same God that created the heavens and the earth, if that is that God, the same God where Elijah walked out and said one day, if our God is really God, then he will answer by fire. Well, guess what? He answered by fire. 
What then shall we say in response to this? In other words, after hearing all this, I, I can say, if God be for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his own son, talking of, speaking of God, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? What things? Well, how many of y'all been walking in the all? You can. It sounds mystical. It sounds strange. It sounds like it can't happen. But I've got news for you. I saw some things happen this week that only God could do. If God be for us, who can be against us? Say that back to me. And that's a statement we're going to have to really, really lean on as we move through the next few years. God had a plan, and he didn't change his plan. We may have changed. God's not changed his plan. So, if God be for us, who can be against us? So I thought of it. He who is infinitely, infinitely wise has undertaken to direct us. He who is infinitely powerful has undertaken to protect us. He who is infinitely good has undertaken to save us. So what are you trying to say, Bishop? Nothing the enemy can construct, nothing he can make, nothing he can build will be able to overthrow you or conquer you because it is God that will fight your battle. I don't know how many times in my life, Tony, the Lord has had to remind me. He said, now you can fight this fight or I can. Times when I've walked up on a stage like this knowing that if I felt like the world was against me and I had the goods to hurt a lot of people, the information that was given to me, I had the goods to hurt them. And God said, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? He said, if you do it, it'll be temporal. If I do it, it will be eternal. I kept my mouth shut and let God deal, and he did deal with it. So nothing the enemy can construct will be able to overthrow you or conquer you because it is God that will fight the battle. And I want, to, I, want to, I want to tell you about a little army called Sennacherib's army. Sennacherib's army, the king of Assyria, they came against Jerusalem. They're going to destroy Jerusalem. The king of Jerusalem makes a statement in 2 Chronicles 32 verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous. Now, that's hard to do. Now, can you imagine this? I'm standing out there on the wall. I'm looking at my peeps, and I'm looking at their peeps. I'm looking at my weapons. I'm looking at their weapons. I'm looking at 185,000 enemies that are wanting to destroy us, utterly wipe us off the face of the earth. I'm looking back at our people, and they're down there shuddering. Their people, they're sharpening their knives. It sounds easy standing here in church to be, to be strong and courageous until you have to face something where you have to be strong and courageous. Am I right? But he says here, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged because the king of Assyria and his vast army with him, for there is a greater power with us than with him. So now I start counting my people. One, two, three, four, five. And then I look over the wall. 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, 400,000. Are you getting my point? We start looking at the numbers and we get fearful. We start looking at our, our equipment and we get fearful. We start looking at our, our financial status and we get afraid. But God says, don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. He said, don't be discouraged. The king of Assyria with his vast army with him, for there's a greater power with us than with him. Now watch the next verse. With him is only the arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. 
And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. So then Isaiah, the prophet, speaks up. He says in 2 Kings 19.32, Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city. Now, this is faith. This is if God be for us, who can be against us? Nobody in their right mind would say that unless they had absolute confidence in God. He says, he will not enter the city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city. Who's talking? Isaiah the prophet, but this is God speaking to him. I will defend this city and save it for my sake. For his sake. Not mine. For his sake. Why? Because when you give glory to God and honor to God, he will take up the battle. The battle is the Lord. Say that with me. The battle is the Lord. So some of you are going through some difficult situations right now. Maybe financial. Maybe marital. Maybe at the job. But you're going to have to stand up and say, if God be for me, who's going to be against me? And I will defeat this issue. I will overcome this issue. I will be victorious. Practice saying that with me. I will be. I will be. You will be. Now watch this. God says, I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of, my, of David, my servant. That night, not next week, not next month, not, not next year. The Bible says that night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 men in, Assyri- in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were nothing but dead bodies out there. If God... Before, she said, well, that happened back then. You know why it's not happening now? We really don't believe. How can you believe certain things? I've never seen that before. How many people know just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not there? Matter of fact, I'll guarantee you, Doc can clear, he can clear this up for me. You know what, Doc? I don't believe right now you can see the cells or the, or the viruses that make up COVID in the air. Can you see it? You can't see it? Oh, I saw one right there. Look at it. <laughs> now, let me ask you. Does that mean it's not real? Obviously, it's real. So just because you can't see it does not mean it's not there. Just because you can't see your financial breakthrough does not mean your financial breakthrough is not there. Just because you can't see your healing does not mean your healing is not there. Just because you can't see certain things working out in your situation, your, your relationships, does not mean that God's not there. And some of us need to get rid of some of the baggage we've had in our lives. Just get rid of it because it's not helping you. It's hindering you. It's become an anchor, an anchor tied to your life. You're dragging it around. You've got to get rid of it. You've got to get rid of it. Let it go. Somebody say, let it go. The only way you can let go, you've got to let go and let God. Say that. Let go and let God. That night, 185,000 people, boom, God takes care of the situation. So what are you saying, Bishop? If God is God, and the Scripture says, if God be for us, what are we going to say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Just for a moment, can you imagine the possibilities if we walked into understanding And had faith in that statement. 
if God be for us. If we really understood it. If we were able to connect to the true source of life. Like a house cannot truly be a home until it's hooked up to electricity. It needs electricity. It needs it because all the appliances are elect- electrical. Everything, most of everything that works in that house is because of electricity. He said, well, I've got the internet. Oh, you won't have it. So what we've got to hook up, it's, we have to understand it's like the house needs electricity or the car needs gas. When we understand if God be for us, is that valuable to us? Things shift when you start talking about God. I want you to think about it, though. See it in your mind's eye that God is our source. He is our strength. The one who will fight our battles if we will just humble ourselves and call on him. Call on him how? In faith. So what is the limitless possibilities? For you are a possibility just waiting to manifest. So I don't see it. That's the deal. You don't have to see it for God to move. As we step from our mentality, our mindset, our our reality, we step outside of our circumstances, we step outside of our failures and even our successes into his presence. Because when he step into his presence, there's fullness of joy. First Chronicles 16, 27 says, glory and honor are in the presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. That's in his presence. If God be for us, who can be against us? If he didn't withhold any good thing, if he didn't, he didn't withhold his son, you think he'd withhold any good thing from us? No, I trust him. Psalm 16, 11 says, he will show me the path of life. In his presence is a fullness of joy. At the right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So the real thing is, what do you need? He's already said you can have it. It's all about attitude. It's all about what I think. God will not step past what you think. That's why the, the spirit, that's why the prophet spoke and said, be courageous. Don't be fearful. Because he said, the Lord is going to fight your battle. You have to really walk in that and believe in that and trust in that. As my friend said, he got up before his church and said, I do not have cancer. Before there was ever a result. He told me that when we were going to the meeting and I said, I, I, that's great, man. I said, that's what we've prayed for. He said, well, that's just what I said. He said, I fully expect that if we get through here, we'll go have something to eat and, and celebrate. And I said, okay. Amen. And when the doctor said, he said, I told you. He looked at me and said, I told you. So that means when somebody says you can't get that job, you need to say, I'm going to get that job. And when it happens, you need to go back to him and say, I told you. Well, you're not going to make it. My family didn't make it. Your family won't make it. <clears throat> well, that's not our story. My family's going to make it. Well, you see, I, I'm looked down upon. Hear me. Nobody can look down on anyone that God created. They just can't do it. And nobody can stop what God promotes. If God be for you, who can be against you? That's my point. So look at the possibility of God be for us just for a moment. God can magnify your abilities and strengthen your inabilities. God can take what you do not have. And teach us by His Spirit to obtain and to achieve. Only that will happen if we respect God. And if we respect God, He will respect us. 